Maryland football was so close, but so far. You are Locked On Turks, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, video content creator for 247 Sports and InsideMarylandSports.com and host of Locked On Terps, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So thank you for making us part of your day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Maryland put up a great fight against Michigan, but still came up short. But I am happy with the fight that the Maryland Terrapins showed against the Michigan Wolverines. Maryland football lost 31-24 to Michigan. I'm sure all of you guys know against a very talented Michigan team, against one of the best teams in the country, if not the best. A lot of people will say they're number one. Some people will say they're number two. Some people will say they're number three. However you may look at it, this Michigan team is very talented and definitely one of the best in the country. I say maybe they're probably the number two team in the country behind um, behind Georgia. We'll see how it goes next week against Ohio State. But this team is one of the deepest, most balanced teams in the country that I've seen. NFL players everywhere. Quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, defensive line, safety, corner. Wherever you may look, this team has got NFL players. This team's got guys. They got dudes. They got guys that are going to play on Sundays for 5, 10, 15 years at pretty much every position this team doesn't have very much of a weakness and we know what Maryland has done this year we've had our up and downs we started fast we went and then we hit a cold spot we started to go down the mountain but we can't sit here and be like I can't sit here and be like I'm really disappointed in the Terps for how they played I am happy I am proud I am proud at the way that they played with the effort that they put in against this Michigan team. I thought it was a very solid outing, and that's why I say Maryland put up a great fight against Michigan, against one of the best teams in the country. Because we know Maryland has been on that four-game losing streak after, of course, they beat Nebraska to end that um, losing streak. But against This Michigan team, I didn't think it would be close. I thought Michigan would win by a lot, but the way Maryland fought and the way that they game-planned, I thought they did an amazing job. I thought Coach Loxley did a great job of getting ready for this game. Because at the end of the day, beating a Michigan team like this is really hard. It's really hard to beat a team where... Like I said, guys that are going to play on Sundays at pretty much every position group, some of the best players in the Big Ten, some of the best players in the entire country, a team that might play, probably will play in the college football playoff, depending on what happens and how things shake out. But I thought 
we did a great job. Like I said, I thought the game plan was amazing by Coach Loxley. I thought it was great by Coach Williams and Coach Gaddis, our offense and defensive coordinators. I thought they all did a really good job. We did some things I wish we could have done the rest of the season. There were a couple things I was like, dang, where has this been the rest of the season? Number one thing is the sneaks with Billy Edwards. Someone tell me why we weren't doing that more. I know we had some packages for Billy Edwards where we would bring him in for run game situations or whatever it would be to get Billy Edwards involved because of how big and how and how great of an athlete Billy Edwards honestly is. But I didn't see us just run tush-push with Billy Edwards on the goal line. I know at times we struggled on third and ones against, and fourth and ones where we just couldn't convert at times this season against different teams. If I look back at like the Penn State game against Ohio State game, we have multiple third or fourth in like ones, and we couldn't convert. If we would have done this all season with Billy Edwards, just get him under center, run the tush push that the Eagles are so known for now that a lot of teams haven't been able to replicate and do as well, but Maryland looked like they could do it against Michigan. Billy Edwards had three touchdowns, which is pretty amazing for Billy Edwards. Imagine betting Billy Edwards to score three touchdowns or something like that. You probably would be a millionaire right now. So the fact that Maryland just got under center with Billy Edwards, they did some things that were awesome game plan for this game, but some things that I would have wished that I could have seen for the rest of the season. But overall, I'm proud of how Billy Edwards was able to come in and he's brought energy. You see him get hyped. He's not playing. He barely plays. He only gets to play a couple of snaps per game, but you see him get hype, high energy. That's awesome to see from our backup quarterback who very well could be the starter next year, but that's part of why I'm proud for a, of the Maryland effort for Billy Edwards to come in and score three touchdowns against Michigan. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that type of effort. And we did something I rarely see the Maryland Terrapins ever do. I rarely ever see us ever go down against a big-time opponent like the big three, to be specific, against a Penn State, against an Ohio State, against a Michigan, against whoever you want to put in that category, a top team in the country that we play on our side of the Big Ten, I don't see the Maryland Terrapins go down 23-3 early on in the game in the first half and find a way to crawl back into it and be in the game. I never see the Terps do that. I don't know the last time we did that. I never see us get back in the game like that. And I'm not saying we don't try. I'm not questioning our effort. And I know at times, at times this year I've been like, it just seems like we're a little bit lax the days of cold right now. The energy doesn't have a ton of sideline. None of that was true against Michigan. If you would have seen the Maryland Terrapins, it was energy. And the stadium was pretty riled up. It was an awesome game to be at, and even though there was a ton of Michigan fans. But I never see us have composure, have fight, have the game plan, have the plays to be able to come back and have a chance to really win the game down 23-3 to against a Michigan team. If you think about Michigan football, a team that thrives at being up in games, thrives. Think about what Michigan does. They run the football and they play really good defense. So when you go down big to Michigan team, 23-3, to you can lay your head down and say, dang, we're not going to beat this team because you know what they do well. They hand the ball off to Blake Corum and Edwards, those two guys that got a ton of carries throughout the entire game. They barely threw the ball against us. It was all those two. So 
you could lay your head down and be like, dang, like it's really hard for us to stop the run against us because Michigan is awesome when they're up because it's going to be a six-yard carry from Blake Corham, a five-yard carry from Blake Corham, all the way down the field. Oh, and then play action for 10 yards. Oh, five yards, Blake Corham. Six yards, Edwards. Five yards, Edwards. Oh, that's a 10-yard game by Corb. And next thing you know, they go on a seven-minute scoring drive to waste all the clock, and it's really hard to come back against a team like that that runs the ball that well, has the best running back duo in the country, has the best running back in the country, has one of the best offensive lines in the country, and has one of the best defenses in the country. It is insanely hard to be a team like that or to come back and keep us in the game against a team like that. But Maryland did that against a team that thrives being up. I don't see the Terps do that. And that's why I say I am so proud of the fight that we showed against the Michigan Wolverines because I rarely ever see us come back down when we are down 23-3. to And to make the game 24 or 23-17, to with the ball and a chance to take the lead multiple times, not once, not twice. We had multiple times where we had a chance to drive down the field and take the lead. We couldn't get there. But I'm so proud that that the final score ended up being 31 to 24. And at the point of the game where it was 23 to 3. That is great right there from the Maryland Terrapins. Outscoring Michigan 8 to 21 from that point on. That is a pretty truly amazing thing that. I don't usually see the Maryland Terrapins do. I don't rarely ever see our football program do. So for them to be able to come back in that type of game, in that type of environment, to come back down 23-3 to and to make the game close at the end and to make the game an opportunity to be able to win the game, it's pretty great. I'm pretty amazed with the effort that we put on because honestly, if you remember my pregame pick, I chose Michigan to win and to cover the spread. The spread got all the way down. It started at like 19, and it got all the way down to 17 and a half. And I'm always kind of surprised. I don't know if I underrate the Maryland Terrapins and what we can do, but I'm always kind of surprised with where the spread is at against these teams. It's usually pretty low, even when we play one of these top teams in the country. But I thought 17 and a half, I was like, oh, Michigan's going to cover that. Just because what I've seen us do against Penn State, what I've seen us do against Ohio State, what I saw us do against in the four-game losing streak. But the Terps didn't lay down. They didn't give up. They came out big in after the half. Coach Loxley did an awesome job. Whatever Coach Loxley told them at halftime and before the game, the Terps did an awesome job of bringing energy. The whole atmosphere was really cool. And even though we lost, I am more than happy with, honestly, the result. But that doesn't mean we didn't have an opportunity to win this game. We definitely missed a chance to win this game. And I'll tell you about that chance and the way that we should have maybe could have won this game and how we missed an opportunity to take down Michigan. I'll tell you about that after this ad from listening.com. Why don't textbooks and research papers come with audio versions? Wouldn't it be amazing if you could listen to it like an audiobook? Now you can. College students, listen up. There's this incredible app called listening.com, which can take any academic paper, PDF, or class material and turn it into an audiobook. It can read math equations, technical words, and complicated documents. It knows to skip all the citations 
footnotes and references and lets you jump straight to the chapter or section you want to listen to. Even has a one-click note-taking button where it automatically puts the last seconds into a notepad so you don't have to type notes while you listen. Best of all, if you use the links listening.com slash locked on, you'll be able to get your first three weeks for free. So go ahead and give it a try. Usually it's two weeks free, but you get an extra free week when you go to listening.com slash locked on. So get on board right now. The Terps missed an opportunity to take down Michigan. I honestly think both things can be true. I can sit here and say, I'm proud of the effort that the Maryland Terrapins put in, and I'm proud of how Coach Loxley coached. I'm proud of how well we were able to stick with it, and even though we went down, to be able to stick with the game and have a chance to win it at the end. I think both things can be true, and I can say that, but also say we missed a huge opportunity on senior day, on Talia's last game, on all the seniors' last game at home. Not last game, but last game at home. For a chance to take down Maybe the best team in the country, wherever you want to put them, like I said. Usually, every, they're usually in everyone's top four or five teams in the country. We had a chance to take them down, and we missed an opportunity to do that and pull off a huge win and really make our season a, a success in a way and look at it completely different than how a lot of people are going to look at it now. We missed an opportunity to do that against Michigan. And it started really the base of that missed opportunities. Obviously, there is things here. There's things there that we could have done better. But the main thing I look at it was the turnovers. And it was the Talia turnovers. And Talia, it's really interesting how you can qualify Talia's year so far and overall his career at Maryland and what you can kind of say about it. Because I saw a tweet before this podcast, right before I record was recording. I was scrolling through Twitter a little bit, and I saw something, and it said, like, similar to what I said about Maryland this game and how both things can be true. They said something about Talia, how both things can be true, about how Talia can be known as one of the best Maryland quarterbacks ever and one of the best Maryland quarterbacks of all time and a top quarterback in Maryland history and top 10 in Big Ten passing yards and has all these records at Maryland in terms of passing categories. Basically, every single passing category you look at, touchdowns, um, yards, all of them pretty much. He has he has the record to lead us. You can look at it and say he's one of the best Maryland quarterbacks of all time, but he also couldn't win the big one. And if you look at the Terp team, you we know we don't have as much talent as a lot of teams, but there have been chances for us in these games to win these type of games. And this was maybe the best one, the best one. And I hate to blame Talia for the loss. I'm not saying it's on him completely, but a big part of it was the missed opportunities that he kind of created with the two picks that he threw two picks. As we were trying to take the lead, they can't happen. And the Talia picks in the big games just seem to happen all the time. That's why I'm talking about both things can be true. He can be one of the best of all time in Maryland history, but he also couldn't come up big in the big moment against one of these big teams. If we look at it this year, when we were at Ohio State, he just came up small in the moment, honestly. With the two with the two picks and the pick six, and against Penn State also was playing awesome, keeping us in the game, and then he throws a pick. And 
what occurred to me when I was thinking about the Penn State game after the Penn State game, it's hard for me to blame Talia for this pick or for the all the turnovers and the picks because I was thinking about it and I was like, I was thinking about J.J. McCarthy and what he does for Michigan and he's bottom of the Big Ten in the entire country in terms of interceptions. He did have one against us, which we'll talk about that a little bit later. But when we think about J.J. McCarthy and how he's bottom of the conference in throwing interceptions, I thought about why. Think about this guy has no pressure on him. Against Ohio State, it might be different. But they threw eight passes against Penn State, and they still won. Eight passes. Talia, if Talia's quarterback for Michigan, they're still 11-0. Eight passes against Penn State. He has no pressure. They depend on the run game. They do everything else well. Maryland, they depend on the passing game. If we don't get big plays in the passing game, we're not going to win the game because we don't run the ball well enough. We don't do other things quite well enough, and that's not anybody's fault. We just don't quite – we're not quite there at the program. We don't quite have that talent um, to be able to pass the ball eight times and win the game. But J.J. McCarthy barely has any pressure on him, and I think about Talia. He has all the pressure on him, all the pressure on him to create plays, to create plays to keep the Terps in the game. So if you want to take out the Talia interceptions, you're going to take out some of the Talia big plays. And those might just cancel themselves out if you really think about it. So it's hard for me to blame Talia for the interceptions because I know without the interceptions, there would be a lot fewer big-time plays. There would there would be a lot less flashy Talia and all the things that we love and all of the big plays that he's made this season. But at the same time, it's hard for me not to blame him when he turned over the ball three times because he also had the fumble. The fumble can't happen. That set up Ohio State too. But the Talia picks, it's really hard to win the game when you lose a turnover margin against Michigan by two. I went into the game saying Maryland has to win the turnover battle. Maryland can't really turn over the ball at all. And the fact that we turned over the ball three times and we were still in the game, that's a missed opportunity to say that if we didn't turn over the ball, if we didn't have the Talia interceptions, we would have won this game, I think. I really do. I think if we don't turn over the ball, I think we win this game. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Let me know what you guys think. But we lost a turnover margin by two, and we had multiple chances to go down the field and win the game. If we don't we lose the turnover margin, I don't know if we lose that game. I think we could have won that game. I'm going to say we would have won that game if we didn't. But the killer picks really kind of made it a missed opportunities. And we wouldn't be here without Talia, like I said. So I don't blame him too much because he's just trying to create a play. But there's times where he just has to throw it away or he makes a wrong read that he can't make that really hurt us and make it a missed opportunity against this Michigan team. But Talia wasn't the only thing that really hurt us. Um, the safety killed us on the pump block. So the special teams giving them a free two points and giving them also good field position on the safety really hurt us on the special teams. That was another missed opportunity where if we just punt the ball and make Michigan drive the ball down instead of allowing them to get a pump block and go through the end zone and give them a safety, then that makes it that makes it a lot easier for us to win the game. And then you also look at the grounding call. I know all of you guys remember the grounding call. The rest definitely were suspect this game. I'm not one to complain too much about the rest because I kind of think it usually like kind of evens itself out during games. Um, and usually the refs aren't the reason a team loses. 
And I'm not saying the refs were the reason we lost, lost this game, but they made some questionable calls. And that grounding call on Talia was very questionable. Where we're inside our goal line, and they call the ground grounding call. We're at our like one or two yard line, and they call the grounding call on Talia, where Ty Felton was kind of clearly in the area. You look at it and you say, why did they call that? You start questioning, do they want undefeated Michigan versus undefeated Ohio State next week? I mean, I can't blame them if they want that game. I'm not saying that's the reason why, but you start looking at it and you're like, I felt Ty Felton was in the area. I didn't listen to the broadcast, so I don't know exactly what they said because I was actually at the game and they hear their perspective and the rules analysts, and they usually give really good insight. And But I didn't feel like that was grounding. Let me know if I'm wrong about that, but I thought Ty Felton was clearly in the area on that play, and that kind of made it really hard. But overall... The Talia picks, the miss, the plot, the punt block, excuse me. And the last thing that I have to bring up is the defense not being able to get off the field on fourth down. It was weird. Michigan went for it on like every fourth down. And I'm still not exactly sure why. It would be like fourth and five, fourth and eight. Michigan was going for it, and I was like, dang, they're disrespecting our defense. They say, okay, you stopped us on third down. I, we don't think you can stop us twice in a row. But they, we didn't. They went 100% on fourth downs. So I, if Maryland could have gotten off the field on fourth down, it could have made a huge difference because that was 14 points right there. So I'm looking at the defense not being able to get the off the field on fourth down, the Talia interceptions, the Talia fumble, the special teams, and to say all those combined – Maryland could have won this game, and it was a missed opportunity for the Terps to have a signature win and to really make the season pretty amazing and have an amazing day for the Maryland Terrapins. Let's talk about some more positives and some people who had some really good performances against this Michigan team. Let's get into the MVPs of the week, maybe my favorite segment. I'll tell you the MVPs, offensive and defensive, after this ad from FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you bet on Michigan to beat the Maryland Terrapins and you're a new customer and you had $5 and you put a $5 bet into that, you would have gotten some $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. So if you would have chosen Maryland to cover the spread against Michigan, which I don't know how many people did, but if you would have chosen that, you would have made some money or player props or over-unders and more, then you can make money just by doing that on FanDuel, and it's really fun, especially if you're a big sports fan. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Let's get into the MVPs of the week, the offensive and defensive MVPs who played great for the Maryland Terrapins against Michigan. Let's start with Billy Edwards. The The three rushing touchdowns really made a huge difference in the game, obviously. We had trouble this year. Just being able to get short yardage, I think a big part of it is because we're hesitant to run QB sneak with Talia. But when we put Billy Edwards in there, it worked extremely well. So credit to him for being in there and having three rushing touchdowns. That's pretty amazing for Billy Edwards. And then I want to – my main offensive MVP is the Maryland wide receiver room. 
I thought our Maryland wide receiver room was awesome. They made huge plays in the game, and that's exactly what I said before the game that we needed. Jason Jones, Ty Felton, Caden Prather, our big three, all came up to the challenge to, against this Michigan secondary. If you remember the Caden Prather, I was about to say the, the touchdown that Caden Prather caught, but they actually said it was down at the one-yard line, which it was. So, But we got it in the next play. wasn't a big deal. But if you remember the Caden Prather, um, the big play that Caden Prather had – was pretty amazing play by Kane Prather. He made some huge plays in the game, and that play was a great catch. We've seen him make 50-50 plays all the time this year, and the more impressive thing is that was against Will Johnson. Will Johnson's one of the best corners in the country. Will Johnson is going to be a first-round pick in next year's NFL draft. He's only a sophomore. He was a great as a freshman last year. He's going to be a first-round pick in next year's NFL draft. He might be cornerback one in next year's draft. Don't be surprised. And for Caden Prather to go over him, and Michigan left Will Johnson because they thought they could cover Caden Prather one-on-one. No safety help. Salia throws an awesome ball. Caden Prather gets just a step to be able to create enough separation, and it's an awesome play for Caden Prather to keep us in the game and to create a big play that we absolutely needed in that play in that moment against a guy that's going to be a first-round pick. And then Jason Jones also had 70 yards, and Talia's prettiest balls on the – one of the Talia's prettiest balls on the day was to Jason Jones on on a big-time play down the sideline, down the sideline, right in the breadbasket, barely over the defender. Jason Jones put out his hands at the perfect time so the defender couldn't tell that he was getting it until it was just right on him because that was barely over the defender's head. It was a great ball. Jayshon Jones had 70 yards. Awesome day for Jayshon Jones. And then I look at Ty Felton also had a really solid day. Five receptions led the team, but only for 41 yards. But it was big first downs. It was big plays. Had a really nice spin move that he saw. I don't know if you guys remember that on the Michigan defender. He made some really solid plays. In that Maryland wide receiver room, Proved himself against a really solid um, Michigan defense that they can make plays themselves. And each one of those guys really has played well this season. I think has really put themselves in great position going forward in terms of um, in terms of the NFL. I don't know what it looks like in terms of Jason Jones and Kanan Prather. Um, but Ty Felton will be back next year, I would guess. But I would guess Kanan Prather... And Jason Jones, I think they get combine invites. I think they would get senior bowl invites. Actually, Caden Prather, excuse me. Caden Prather does have another year if he wants it. So if we have Ty Felton and Caden Prather coming back next year, we could have a pretty amazing unit of wide receivers next year with Octavian Smith stepping up. But Jason Jones will be gone. But Jason Jones has definitely put his map himself on the map to be an NFL wide receiver. He'll be in someone camps if he doesn't get drafted. But it depends on how well he tests. But I thought our wide receiver room played awesome. And then let's get into their defensive MVPs. Bo Braid and Dante Trader are one of the best safety duos in the Big Ten. They make play after play. They do some really awesome things for Maryland football. And they seem to play the best when they play against big-time opponents. Because when I saw them against Ohio State, that was the best game I had seen them play in terms of how well and they were making plays. And with that, com- that combined with the combination of how good the Ohio State team was. And then I saw it again against Michigan. Bo Braid usually leads our team in tackles, but he did again. Bo had 10 tackles. Dante made plays all over the field. Both of those guys have definitely helped their draft status. Bo Braid, who's going to be able to go the draft this year, I think, or he will go the draft this year, I think he has a chance to be like a fourth, fifth round type of pick guy. Um, We'll see what happens with Bo, but I definitely think he'll get drafted 
and I think he'll find an NFL home. I think he's played too good not to. And then Jayshon Barham also had a really good game with the really nice pick that we absolutely needed before the half to keep us in the game and also made plays in the run game. And Jaquan Shepard had his best game as a Terp, multiple pass breakups and a sack. It was definitely his best game I have seen him play. So an awesome job by those guys. That's all we have for today. Make sure you like and subscribe. Tomorrow, Maryland basketball has a game, so we'll talk about more about that. And, of course, we'll continue to talk about football because football season isn't over. I feel like a lot of people feel like it's over. It's not over. So like and subscribe. If you're a Maryland Terrapins fan, we're here every day talking Maryland football and basketball. So thank you for listening to Locked on Terps.